I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably be lost for words. Lost for Words podcast. I'm joined again after his holidays by Jason. Jason, hello. Good uh, evening, Tom. How are you? Evening, yes. It's uh, certainly is an evening. Bank holiday Monday. Uh, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Well Marvellous. rested? Marvellous, mate. Yeah, well rested. Um, didn't see an awful lot of golf. Saw the uh, saw the final round um, at oh, the final round and a half at um, wherever we played. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ah, the Olympia Fields or the Europeans? Uh, yeah, saw, saw the, yeah, in fact, saw the, saw the last one and a half rounds at both, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, in full. Obviously, saw the highlights like late at night while I was away. Um, yeah, good events, weren't they? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. It was annoying nice to see PJ Tour have a, a challenging event, wasn't it? I thought, because everyone gets really excited when the, the scores are around par, and I actually thought, some of, some of it I was watching, I thought actually it's maybe a bit too hard like, I, I like when it when par means something but when you can only get to one under through three rounds I think that might be a bit too penal and then they kind of went overreacted on the final day uh, and let Ram shoot like a 64 didn't they but I think you know if you can if you shoot four or five under through four rounds in total that's a pretty fair score isn't it um, so it was it was interesting to see a different type of test I think you saw the types of players come to the four in the end. I know a lot of people was like, Dustin Johnson's gone from 30 under to, to four under, but, you know, he plays well in these US Open types as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I thought, I thought, to be honest, I thought DJ deserved it. And uh, like we discussed earlier, I think it's a travesty if he doesn't pick up the uh, 400 billion pounds or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, um, we, we were having a discussion, weren't we, before you went away about the, the 10 million bonus, and it's actually 15 million bonus, mm. isn't it, now we've we've got to uh, to remember. So, um, you know, Rahm, uh, you know, finished 13th at the PGA, sit for the Northern Trust, and then won last week. Uh, very worthy, uh, you know, winner in the end. Um, he's obviously won Memorial after lockdown as well. So he's playing well. It's just that Dustin Johnson's probably playing better. It's It's... They are the two, uh, especially with you know Rory out of the way. Thomas is obviously not playing his best stuff as well. Um, it yeah, like we say, it'd be a shame if Dustin didn't get the reward for his work since coming back. But that's just the nature of the beast at the moment. I think if he you know if he plays anywhere near as he has the last two weeks, he he can't lose anyway, can he? Because he's got that little bit of cushion. But it's only two shot cushion over Rahm. Um, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not a lot, is it? Over four days. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, he starts 10 shots ahead of, you know, 30th place. But that's a lot to make up even, um, you know, it's not a lot to make up, sorry, over the four rounds, if you know what I mean. If, if he starts playing badly and comes back to the field, then everyone's back in it. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one to work out. I think that they're going to probably have to look at the format again after this year. I think they'll probably change it. I don't think people have really warmed to it as much as they would hope. Um, but this is a PGA Tour, so might not. But he, he, uh, Yeah, sorry, yeah. No, so I was just going to say, I mean, he looked through the first four or five holes last night like he was going on to win by five or six. Um, whether he lost concentration or, or whatever happened, um, you know, he was he, he, he sent a few of his sort of fading drives right over trees and they didn't fade as opposed to taking a probably a more conservative line. Um, and I thought when in the end, he he sort of had when he was booming it, 350, 360. And he was having 60, 70 yard uh, pitch, chip shots, whatever. Um, he wasn't really getting close enough. Um, he started leaving himself 18 and 20 footers, 
Whereas previously, obviously, he'd been knocking it inside sort of eight feet and knocking those in. Not his fault. It's very hard to keep up that level um, throughout. And I, I actually thought when he started dropping and went to two under, I thought he'd done very well to, to finish at four, to be fair. And obviously, he had that putt on 18. Um, you know, he is what he is, and he? He's, he, he plays his game and he's not going to really change it for anyone. Um, Rahm was very aggressive and, and did the job. It's just, I mean, both events yesterday, the final day wasn't as hard as the other three had been. I think we found that quite a lot, especially in Europe. Um, over the last few weeks where we've had brutal winds or brutal weather for the first three days. And we try to judge it on that. And then finals day, um, everybody's shooting six and seven under. So it's been one of them um, where potentially the winners would not have won had had conditions remained the same for a fourth day. But like it's the, it's the weather, isn't it? And it's golf and, and hey-ho, that's the way it is. I do wonder when you, when you say there that, you know, it looked like he was cruising, didn't it? He was three under through the first four holes. Um, it looked like he was just going to cruise another victory. I wonder because obviously he shot thirty, you know, thirty under the week before, and was basically just he was in a zone that he was never going to get out of. Uh, couldn't have been interrupted. But I wonder if when he got uh, criticised a lot of the PGA, didn't he, for not putting his foot down on the last day and played it too conservative? And I wonder if that stuck in his head a little bit. I don't know how much he pays attention to what he was saying. I don't think it's a lot. I don't think it's a monkey. Um, I don't <laughs> think he pays attention to even his coach or anything. But. Um, I just think, you know, if, if it did, maybe that's something that plays in his mind. He thought, okay, I need to need to go too hard at this. You know, Rahm's chasing me down, etc., etc. Um But I thought he was unfortunate in the end, wasn't he? And, you know, Rahm, to his credit, shot six under on the last day um, and and won it. That was all it was. Again, it's a bit like, you know, like we said at DJ at the PGA, I don't think he lost it. I think Morikawa won it. Uh, you know, and he, and he won last week. If he'd if he'd have, he could have nearly won three, you know, three events in a row, couldn't he? Um, yep. That's how well he's playing. Uh, and the top five, when you look at it, Ram, DJ, Neiman, Matsuyama, Finau. Um, when the event is tough like that, I think you get some of the best players turn up, and, and that's what happened there. So it was a good event. And then the European Tour, obviously, we've had uh, Rasmus Hogard, no scar tissue whatsoever, as he two playoff wins playing against a player that has plenty of scar tissue. Uh, I was actually hoping Justin Walters would get his win. I think he's, you know, he deserves one of these days. But he just doesn't, you know, it doesn't phase Rasmus, does it? And and until he loses one or or struggles in contention, he's he's never going to struggle, is he? No, I've got scar tissue from Rasmus Hogarth. Um, <laughs> not his fault, my fault entirely for not following up the last sort of two or three weeks with him in running. Um, but he's he's absolutely brilliant, isn't he? He's Look, I mean, we'll say this every year, though. A new 19-year-old will come along, 20-year-old will come along. Um, but nobody's quite done what he's doing now, is it? I think he's uh, the second youngest, isn't he? Second youngest European Tour player to win two in a year behind Manicero. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, Matteo Manicero and his decline um, before. Um, and the fact that he won two tournaments before he was 18 years old. So we're looking at Rasmus and thinking, you know, he's, He's just brilliant, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he peppers every pin. It'd be interesting to see what he does this week on a on a much harder course, but he peppers every pin. So his scrambling is very, very rarely called in. It's called into play, um, and it will be this week. Um, but yeah, he's 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 absolutely brilliant, and and hopefully he carries on. I mean, you know, we've seen him come, we've seen him go. He doesn't seem that sort. Doesn't seem very excitable. Doesn't have any particular. You know, pre pre shot routine that makes you think, oh, he's you know, he looks a bit strange. Somebody like Nyman, for example, yeah. um, putting, um, 
for me, that was a worry. You know, he brings his arm up to, ste- you know, to steady the right hand, make sure that's in the right position. And for me, somebody that does that at that age, I'd, I'd worry more about that. Whereas Hogarth just seems your classic golfer. He just plays a number. You know, he hits it on the, on wherever it's going and he plays a number. He hits it to that number and he's bloody good putter as well. Um, it's just, I'll be interested to see what happens when he plays, you know, if Felder Armour, if we've got wind this week, it'd just be very interesting to see how he plays it because ultimately, you know, he's on, on these sort of courses, point and shoot courses, he's, you know, he's, he's going to do what Dustin does one day. He's going he's to win the 30 under. Uh, that is the thing, isn't it? You know, he's he's finished second, sixth, third and first in his last four events, but they're all resort type courses. They're all very easy, low scoring events. Um, one in Mauritius, uh, you know, but then went on a, a run of uh, four missed cuts. I don't know if he would potentially do that again, because I think that the way this tour, you know, the way the scheduling's gone, I don't think that's quite going to get like that. And he's going to get to play in Portugal next week. Um and that would probably suit him, but I don't, I don't necessarily see this as his type of course because, like you say, the the, the scrambling is difficult. I think you need to have possibly had a look round here. You know, not necessarily have you know played well around here, but just even seen it. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of lot of decisions to make, and as a 19 year old, that's not necessarily the best thing to do. But he, you know, he played well on the Challenge Tour last year when he played. Um, he's he's got to a hot start on the European Tour until something hits him in the face and he, and he loses one or whatever um he's going to keep going and but like you say it, we thought that about Manasero we thought he could never lose it and he did um you know Luke Donald had a massive decline didn't he you know different type of player but you know these players that you expect to be you know top 10 in the world top 20 in the world for their whole career it, it does happen very quickly life hits you fast Victor de Wisson for example is back this week and, and it happened to him um <laughs> You know, I'm sure, I think Rasmus might be a bit more stable than he's than definitely stable. Be, but yeah. he, you know, it, it, like Olison, you know, you would have thought exactly the same about Olison, his country, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I know yeah. his his travels are completely different. And we won't go on to that. But um, you know, it, you can't label these people. People get so excited, don't they, very quickly? And we do, you know, as, as you know, punters and fans that they can't miss kids and they're going to carry on like this for their entirety of their career and it doesn't quite work like that you know he'd look a shoe in for a Ryder Cup spot next year wouldn't he um it can all change in a year's time so we'll see but in terms of this event he's obviously now the favorite with Thomas Dietrich and Martin Keimer Wiesberger and Sullivan all 14 to 1 tied uh Hogarth only 14 to 1 in one place but um out of those five, is there any one of those that you think's got an edge over the other? You'd think, you would think that. I mean, I, I could bet him, but you would think that Kaima must have, yeah, must have that, the experience. That's where I was going and, with it. and you know, um, you know, Dietrich looks like he's going to do it. Doesn't we, we've done that before? Wiesberg played okay over the weekend. Um, Rasmus, you want to see him play it, but it wouldn't. You know, if he won by four, it wouldn't surprise me. If he took to the track, um, I, I think Kaima would be the one you'd pick out of those. Um, just purely on, it sounds bizarre, purely on his his capability, given you know what he's done over whatever fifteen years. Um, but he was um, he was poor, and he made some bad judgments um, yesterday. Uh, you know, it really was his to win yesterday. Um, it if anyone showed, gave, hasn't it, how long it's been since he has won? Yeah, absolutely. He, he played some beautiful iron stuff, missed a few putts. Um, that on on the par five. I mean, that's what, whatever experience he's got, he knows that he threw that away. Um, 
just you know bad bad errors um i, I did like the greens yesterday i thought if you weren't perfect they went eight foot past and it's not everybody's cup of tea but you know walters you know walters managed to hold a good few uh pass so i think kaima hold an 18 foot pass save on 14 13 14 for whatever one it was um and you, you really didn't expect him to do that it was in in the bag um so whether that you know whether that has a hold over him he hasn't won for ages he's lost five times now i think when he's had a real chance to win and around this course you, you've got to be spot on and and you know i see one place has gone 11s and good luck if if you start getting on at 11 and 12 to one because i couldn't no, I think it's one of those things where when when it came out and what happened even last last night when he you know he did throw it away. There's no two ways about it. I thought, well, okay, but he's going to the, an event next week where experience will count, and he's obviously playing well enough to win. Um, you know, even in the first round of the PGA, he played well, didn't he? And, and then blew it. Um, it's, it's tough because I think he's he looks fragile, but he's so mentally strong. You know, at bouncing back in his career, he's he's come you know from the pits, hasn't he, to to win majors and you know massive events, played massive putts in Ryder Cup. So you'd you'd back him to bounce back. He's still not that old, um, so you know is the best going to be ahead of him? Not sure about that, but you can still win plenty, especially yeah. in this kind of company. Um, and I don't know what price you could make him. I just I'm not keen to get on when I think there's plenty of others at a, a larger price. Yeah, he fits. He fits a profile. Don't know. You've been Sergio, obviously. We know. Um, loves it around here, but he fits that type of player, doesn't he? Um, beautiful iron play. Um, you just worry. I, I just, I just think he should have won, and it, it's a lot easier test than this. Um, you know, like like we always say. I mean, you you put those together. One, two, three. The top five there. Um, and you're looking at oh, eight forty. You're looking at what six to four, something like that. I think six to four, seven to four for them. Any of them to win? It's yeah. You, you want to look away, don't you? I mean, yeah. I mean, Rasmus and Sullivan would probably be my my next best out of that lot. Leaving Rasmus aside, we don't know what he's going to do. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to be taking that sort of prices when there's. I think there's probably ten, twelve outside that that hold claims at their price let's put it like that yeah i think when the, the thing i like about kaima just to, the last point on him is i think that although he threw it away yesterday i think that when it does get tougher um and everyone's going to be making mistakes down the stretch i think maybe just having him and a bit of experience and being there before might steady the ship but uh, yeah i'm just not interested at price i think we've both have spoken before we come on and we're both in agreement on our, our first pick aren't we and that's uh jorge campillo um he was available at 45 to 1 this morning but i don't know what happened there someone's someone got that wrong um but you can get 35 and 33 to 1 about him at the moment and and really and truly he's one of the class players in the field over recent years isn't he yeah i think i think he's he's i think 33 to 1 if he'd have gone up you'd have played him um i think if they go 28 by the time that, it, that they're going off um on thursday morning i, I don't think you'd say it's too short i, I know you know, went off 80, 100 or whatever it was last week. Um, and, and we've had this argument with Ben about, you know, certain people say, well, you better 100 or one, you better 33 or one this week. Well, it's very simple because, you know. You've seen it. This is, this is yeah, you've seen him. This is his place. Uh, yeah. Spanish obviously do really well. This is one of the places where, you know, home players do exceptionally well. Um, 
you know, he's, he's, I think he's 20, he's top 30 in driving accuracy. He's up there in off the tee. He's ninth in approaching the green. He's scrambling. He's, I think he's top 15 in scrambling, which you're going to need if you miss the, if you miss the, um, miss the greens this week. And last week he, he laid down a massive pointer. Um, you know, those who read the column, the Sporting Life column will have seen that I just took him over Rasmus because he was double the price and he was ahead of him, uh, coming down the stretch. Uh, I said to you earlier, I thought if he'd have made the eagle putt on, uh, was it 13, 15? If he'd have made that, I think he would have had impetus and gone on. But I think once he missed that and realised everybody was birdie in the par five, the steam sort of ran out. So I'd, I'd ignore his last couple of holes. And he sets himself up beautiful. I mean, you know, eight, eight for um, Kelting Manor, seventh should have been better over the weekend. Um, he's obviously got that 15th here uh, last year. And he's... He's a winner, isn't he? He's, he's uh, you know, he's a winner in proper time in Europe. You know, Qatar's no no messing about. Uh, obviously, Morocco. You know, they're, they're you know they're t- not as tight as this, but you know they get wind. Um, you have to be accurate, uh, and you can't drop shots. And for me, he he. I mean, even at thirty three, he he has to be a bet. Whatever happens. Yeah, I mean, let's say he's got he's got that form of fifteenth last year. He was disqualified the year before. We think for signing the wrong scorecard. We can't quite remember if it's you know, and he shot a sixty nine seventy two the first two days that put him right there as well. If if he'd have got through, um, and like you say, with you know Morocco is not as tight and fiddly as this, but it is a tight and fiddly track on paper, and he's won that. Um, he plays tough courses well. He finished third at the, the Indian Open, and you know that was one of those ridiculous tracks. Um, you know. And when he gets in form, he, he tends to keep it. You know, last year um, he had a second in Amman and in Qatar, uh, 20th at the Maybank, then went third, first, third between the Hero in the Open, Trophy Asan and China Open. Um, you know, before lockdown, he'd won the Qatar Masters, as you just alluded to there. Uh, slow out the gates, but the PGA Championship is probably not his level or his type of event. Uh, and then you can forgive him for missing a cut on his first start back. But as you say, the 8th and the 7th for the last two weeks are really encouraging. And that 8th um, at the Wales Open, he started with a 75 um, and bounced back really well from that. So, yeah, I think everything points to him having a good week. I think, you know, some people will look at him and think he might be a little bit short. I don't. When you look at people like Paul Waring, Victor Perez, Kinholt, you know, all similar prices, players that are out of form, even shorter than him. I just think that, you know, 35, 33 to 1, he's got to be a bet this week. Yeah, he turns up at the same places, doesn't he? So, you know, we all looked at how he's won from nowhere in uh, Qatar, but his desert form is, is incredible. So we know that he turns up at the, at the same places. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see where there's where there's a negative against him, to be honest with you. I mean, we, we discussed players that, um, you know, you don't mind me saying, we've talked about players that we expected to play here this week um, and and perhaps should have played here this week. Um, you know, including Richie Ramsey, you know, uh, Andrew Johnson, uh, Aaron Wright, Ashley Chesters. And and I think, therefore, that we would strongly consider, if you take those out, I'm not saying they would have been around the same price. Yeah, Rye would have been around 45. Beef would have been short. Ramsey would have been around 33, 35. Um, I think if you take those out, then, then you know, honestly, for me, you know, he's, he's straight enough. Um, and he's flying. I mean, he's playing the best ever. He could play the golf national well. I know we, we always put that up as a as a really tough test. And they, they, they find something. The Spaniards always find something where we return to, to the Augusta of Europe, as they call it. Um, 
and I'm very happy to, to, to be on whatever price here. I think the thing that's encouraging for me as well is he had he had years, didn't he, of having second and third place finishes, fourth place finishes, and people won with whether he was going to break through. Uh, then he goes and wins in Morocco last year, backs it up straight away again this season. I think once once you see that, to me, it's not like he's won one finally and, and then he goes away. He's come straight back, won again. Mm. Uh, then not rested on that win before lockdown. He's come back out seventh and eighth again. I just think he looks hungry to win more. I know that's really easy to say. It's a bit cliche and every player wants to win, but he looks like he's ready to say, right, I am a, a top player on the European Tour and, and maybe he wants to go to the next level. I think he'd be better served as Tain over here, looking at what other people have done in that position. But yeah, certainly for this week and certainly for this type of test, he's, he's a great bet. Um, the next player, again, that we both agree on, luckily we had a chat beforehand, is uh, is Connor Syme or Simey, you know, however you want to pronounce it. 45 to 1, 40 to 1 generally. Um, he's a straight player, isn't he? That's the, you know, that's what you need here. That's the recipe for success. He's third in driving accuracy. He's fifth in greens regulation. And if he does miss the greens, which he's going to a tight course, 35th in scrambling as well. Mm. He has missed two chances to win. You can't, you can't hide from that. Um, that could knock his confidence. What I would say is he's had a week off to either reflect or get upset about it whichever way we don't know do we We don't know how he's reflected has he reflected that at least he's in form and and he can go again this week he's fancy as a course because of his skill set is he in his head thinking oh god i've thrown two away we, we don't know we're guessing but at the price at you know how it suits him on this course just based on form figures alone tied 19th tied three tied eighth how how can you not think this is a good course for him and a good event He's a, he's a he's a completely different player to, to when he's played here the last couple of years. Um, I think he, he's been quite positive in in um, over over the last couple of weeks. You know, post post event interview. I mean, you you can't knock a run in. You know, going nineteen third eighth. It's just that we have seen we've seen an awful lot of him, haven't we? You know, with the limited cameras that are around, we have actually watched kind of sign play a good two, three, four rounds over the last couple of weeks. So we know exactly what he's doing. Um, and absolutely right, you know, he, he drives it straight. He's not going to need to take driver out too much, although obviously he's not he's not the longest of, of players. Um, but he's extremely accurate. He's going to give himself chances. I thought his pattern was, was getting better again until the final round. Again, it's always a worry. Um, again, 45, he was the same price as, as Campillo this morning, which had to have been a complete error. They're, they're, you can't compare the two, especially this week. But I agree. I, I mean, um, there's no eight places, unfortunately. Best you can get is seven. I think it's 40 or one seven or 45 for the top five. But it's his. It's exactly his skill set, exactly as you say. So yeah, he's going to come on and come on and come on, isn't he? And he, he's going to drop one of these in. Um, he's going to give you a run, isn't he? I mean, he, he may be, given what he's done over the sort of winning contention on the final day, might be more sensible, or at least having a little bit on the exchanges. So you can maybe save your stake if he does, if he does get there. Because um, I'm not convinced at the moment he can put his head in front and go. Uh, but he's young enough to to do so. He's young enough to improve. So yeah, I think we agree on that. And and you know his figures say do it. So yeah, do it. Well, the thing the thing is for me is that with the two players uh, or one player that we've talked about at length there is Campillo, who's 34 and just got. You know, his first couple of victories over the last couple of years. Uh, Richie Ramsey, someone you alluded to, he won for the first time 10 years ago mm. when he was 27. You know, Symes, you know, he's, he's 25. He's it's, it's in front of him. He's got, he needed, 
you know, the opportunity to go and win one. Does he? It's not like Hogard who's just gone out and won a couple straight away. Not everyone can do that. Some people need to learn from the experience. And it's very stupid to write people off based on uh, two weeks, you know. And if he does it, he does it. And that's what we're hoping this week. I think that it suits him that it's a harder test. Again, a bit like what we said about Keimer or what I said about Keimer because, you know, it is going to be, he's going to be rewarded for hitting more greens. He's going to be rewarded for being accurate off the tee. It's not a case of Sam Horsfield can go and blow one 300 yards and hit it out of the rough. You know, that's not what you can do here. You, his skill set matches perfectly to the test. Um, and if if I could have picked a course out of the ones that he's played recently, this would be the one I'd fancy on, on the most. Uh, and he's played well on the others. So I'm happy to give him another chance. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I wouldn't go much shorter than what he is. Um, because there's others that appear in, in that sort of 30 bracket that, that do hold better claims. But as you say, if, you're, you're quite right. If he's going to turn up at a track, um, the next two Portugal ones are probably not going to be those. So, yeah, this is his best chance probably. Yeah, absolutely. If he's going to take advantage, it's got to be now, I think. Um, another player around this price, don't know whether I'm mad keen on him in terms of his odds. Um, but I was impressed with uh, how Wade Ormsby came back last week. He had tied 25th for his first start since lockdown. Um, he ended the year last year, finishing third at the Australian Open, and then won his first event of the year at the Hong Kong Open, beat Shane Lowry. Um, you know, he was tied 7th and tied 10th before lockdown, his two events. Uh, he's been fifth here in 2017. He's 21st in driving accuracy. Doesn't it another not a lot of greens, which is a bit of a worry, but 10th in scrambling, so he, he can make up for that. Um, I, th- I wanted a bit bigger because I don't think he's the type of person that jumps off a page as a as a serial winner. Um, but he has won. You know, he's he's done it when it matters. He's beaten you know a world class player in Shane Lowry. Um, and, and he's played here, he's experienced enough to have seen the course, even when he's not played well, he's been round the track. And he has won three times at the end of the day, you know, two of them on the Asian Tour and, and the co-sanctioned Hong Kong Open a, a few years ago. But I just thought that when you look at his course, you know, the courses he's played as well on, he's he's played the Turkish Airlines well, um, he's played the Trophy Hassan well, he's played well here, as I've just said, Open to France, uh, Le Golf National, he, he likes he likes tough events. Um and you can't argue with the form that he had coming into coming into the event before lockdown. Yeah, he's he's one of them players. I can't believe he's always as short as he is, to be honest with you. But exactly as you say, purely on on what we're looking at, and we, you know that's the way we said we'd we'd be doing things. Um, he has he's got he's got exactly the right skill. Uh, he would he yeah look he. I'm mumbling here, aren't I? Um, <laughs> you're absolutely right. You've picked out the courses. So he's got top tens at Crans, yeah, France, um, Morocco. But why not? I, I personally couldn't back him because I just think he's perennially underpriced. Um, he's, he's the sort of player that appears and I go, I don't understand how, he, how he's third. Um, I, I'm not going to back him, but I'm not going to argue with you. I I'd think... rather be on him than somebody like Sammy Valamaki around this course. You know, I'm a big fan of of Finn, but, you know, I I don't think this is his track at all. So if we're looking at purely like that, then yeah. That's the thing, and that's why I'm not mad keen on him, because I think, you know, if he was 80 to 1, I think he'd be a must bet. Um, 
he's 40 years old, so you could put him in a category of a bit of a journeyman considering he's only got one win on the European Tour and, and three on the Asian Tour. But when you look at you know the two Hong Kong Opens he's won, the, the first one in 2017, he beat Bjork, Cabrera Bello, Julian Suri, Paul Peterson, all very capable players, then beats Shane Larry by four strokes you know, at the start of this year. Um, when he... 2014, he lost a playoff... Um, which had Adam Scott and Greg Chalmers in it, and Greg Chalmers is obviously played in the PGA Tour for years. It's it's one of those that I, I can't get mad excited about because of his price and you know his age and his profile, but I can see why he's got a real chance here. That's the way I address it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I, I'm not backing him, but it, yeah, quite right. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see his name in the top five. So yeah. No, absolutely. Got, well, you've got a, a couple around this price range that you're interested in talking yeah, about? Yeah, I mean, what you know, obviously. Firstly, one I'm interested in that I won't be back in is Ben. Go wrong. Uh, my old mate Jordan Smith, who, who I love dearly, who <laughs> I've been backing for Portugal for like uh, me and um, another fellow from Twitter. Um, I've been backing him for Portugal since he won on the challenge. In fact, since he won before the challenge tour, um, if you like, uh, when he was on the uh, um, Jamaica and, and sort of the, the Algarve tour. Um, Jordan Smith, well worth keeping an eye on, ready for the for the two weeks in Portugal. If he's ever going to win another one, that's where he's going to win one. Um, upset me if he if he placed high this week because obviously that's going to kill next week's price, which is going to be short enough anyway. Um, but in terms of betting, yeah, um, Renato Paratore um, is definitely one that I'm really interested in this week. Um, obviously won the British Masters, uh, done that nicely enough. Obviously he beat, you know, man of the moment, um, reversing the form from Mauritius. He's played really well since, to be honest with you. I thought he... He played better in the Hero Open than that top 30. Um, last week, 269s, uh, sandwiching a couple of average, uh, sorry, in Wales, in Celtic Manor, um, sandwiching a couple of average rounds. But the thing about Paratori is he hits an awful lot of greens. Um, he's 10th in uh, strokes gain tee green, 9th in approaching green, 16th in scrambling. Where he lacks is sometimes he's a bit wild off the tee. He's a massive hitter, um, but he's not going to have to do that. So if he can play long irons, um, off most of the tees, um, given his ability with those clubs, uh, fifty-five to one to me looks looks quite silly, really. To be honest with you, you know, he, for me, he's got better winning chances than somebody like Conor Syme, um, and yet he's you know ten points bigger. Um, he, he hasn't had a great time here, to be honest with you, as we, you know everyone can see that. Uh, last year he came into it, I think um, he'd missed the cut at the British Masters. Um, he wasn't the player that he is now. He's always had ability, um, but he's now, you know, he's now rocking and rolling. And and I, I, you know, I think if you take those top 30s following his win, um, he, he goes in sort of a category of half a dozen players that bring their skill set to this course. And and that, like I say, he doesn't have to use his weakest uh, stat. So, you know, when you look at his top 10, top 15 in, in a field that doesn't contain the Sergio's, you know, has a few question marks about the top of the market. I, I'm well happy with 55 to one. I think that's 10 points too big. Yeah, I, th- I can see the line of thinking, like you say, with with Connor Syme, that you can see him winning more because we've he's proven it, hasn't he? He's done it. He's been there. He's beaten Hogard down the stretch. Um, you know, it's it's in front of you, so you're not guessing as mm. much. Um, he's been improving. He's over the years and and won early enough to suggest that he can go on and do more. 
Um, and there is, I think, a bit of a winning equity there. He's not not potentially for me this week, but I can understand the 55 to 1 completely. Um, yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a side bit with you against Wade Ormsby there. We'll see where they finish. Yeah, we'll see what happens, don't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, there's another couple of this around this place. You know, Adrian Otwig, he's obviously Spanish yeah. and, and would you'd think could suit him here. Um he loves it here. He, he, this is this yeah. is this is his his favourite course. Um, yeah, and 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 he likes it. And, and the more you play it, the, the better you are. And uh, yeah, he um, yeah. I, I actually think I know you've put him up. Sorry to interrupt, Tom. Mm. I know he's put him in. You know, put him up a couple of times at around sixty, sixty-six to one. Well, he's sixty to one this week, and I don't think the field is 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 any better than than those that you put him up for. Um, he has been making little challenges, hasn't he? He's not quite put it put it together yet. Um, I know I've put him up a couple of times, I think, or at least once over the last few weeks in running. Um, he hasn't quite done it, uh, but he's been eye-catching a couple of times. Um, he's got the right figures. And again, 12th in 2017, he's, he's, a, he's a miles better player, much more, you know, he's three years more experienced now. Um, and I think at the price you've got, he's, he's I think he's a cracking bet, given that, again, the Spanish sort of raise their raise their form for their home events. So again, uh, you know, at sixty to one, I, I'm, I'm, you know, given given the question marks over, you know, some of the others around forty five to fifty, I'm quite happy to put him in. Yeah, I think there's one of the things is when it comes to these home events, a lot of people worry that they're going to crumble under the pressure of winning a home event, don't they? But when we see here that Spaniards do just take advantage of being at home, I know a lot of the time it's Sergio Garcia, it's John Rahm, it's people like that, but um, he's not having to, be, like you say, he's not having to beat a, a star-studded field, is he? You know, if, with the greatest respect to Hogard, he's he's still at the infancy of his career. He's a favourite. You know, Andy Sullivan is a good player, but he's not a world beater. Uh, and Kaim is not the player that he was back in the day. So those are you know three of the favourites that he's got to take on down the stretch. If if you think they're going to be there on Sunday. Um, then I think he's more than capable. So, yeah, I absolutely like, I, I like it. Obviously, I like him as a player. I've put him up a couple of times, like you say. Um, and 60 and 50 to 1, it's, it's hard to argue with, isn't it? Especially at a home event. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'll be, you know, like, I'll be adding him. I mean, you know, that that's that, that's that. I mean, the more, to be honest, the more I speak about it, the more I'm going off side at the price, just purely price-based, because I think these players are bigger and they have equal if not better claims with the experience of the course but we'll see we'll see what happens in in 30 minutes time when i make my mind up i think we i think with sime it's more to me it's like one of those ones where it looks so obvious to me and at times i've talked myself out of it based on price and then he's gone on had a good week and i think well that was stupid like Mm. i've just Mm. you know oh okay yeah at the end of the day 45 to 1 winner is, is much, but it's not to be sniffed at, is it? So although you might want 60s or something because he's he's crumbled under a couple of contentions, it's I think it's the best suited event to him out of the ones that he's contended at, and and that's it. So I, I can't neg on that that choice there. Um, I haven't really got any other further picks. You know, Soren Kjeldsen absolutely loves this event. Um, you know, he's he's had a win here. He's had two seconds and a fourth at this course, but. And I know that has to be factored in, but 100's one about a player that's basically been missing for a couple of years. He's not getting any younger. Um, I was hoping he was going to be some sort of fancy price that you couldn't leave him out. He's even he's 70 to 1 in a place. I mean, he hasn't been playing anywhere near that to deserve it, has he? 
No. Um, I know he played. I know he played okay last week. It's, you know, tied full, uh, tied thirty ninth. That's okay. It's showing enough that he can still hit the ball. But I just, I just wanted more. There's other, yeah, there's other more progressive players, isn't there? Yeah, like you know, sometimes you can get well caught up in calls form. I've certainly been a victim of that in the past. Um, another player I quite liked at a similar price is, is Maximilian Kiefer. Um, he, he's 125 to one in places, 100 to one generally. Uh, he's had a fifth on this course before. He's famously come second in Spain to Jacqueline and that massive long playoff that stretched on for hours. He's another fifth of the, you know, in Spain as well. Um, I like I like him for this sort of test. I think he hits the ball you know well enough to to go around here. I just it's one of those ones where how big is he and how you know how likely is it that he's going to win? You know he hasn't really kicked on and he hasn't even won on the European Tour has he? he's won on the Challenge Tour but he's never quite got over the line in this thing and I don't think he's got a better player since then has he? No. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, no nothing further to add no, on nothing further to add I think, you're, I, think you're, I think you're right there yeah uh, I is, think, it, yeah. is there anyone else that you think is um, worth a mention at this sort of price? I thought Gagli's was um, well it's probably not how you pronounce it obviously he's worth looking at um um, obviously, you've got the other youngster, Wilco Nineamba. He's he's quality, but again, we don't know what he's going to do. He's you know, a big if hitter, it, isn't he? He's more yeah, he is. If you wanted to, open. you wanted to throw a pan each way and have a roller coaster. Pablo, no one knows what Pablo's going to do. <laughs> hit, hit seven over through the first. Yeah, he hit seven time. over or ten under when he with no idea what he's going to do. He'll be one I look at in running though, yeah, uh, yeah. especially on the exchanges because he can make massive moves. We all know that. I mean, the only other one that I, you know, the only one that I really looked at was Will Besseling, and that's. Um, you know that's based on on his figures. Um, he's twenty. He's top twenty in driving accuracy. He's actually top twenty in uh, total driving, uh, which is interesting. So if he can, if he's accurate with his um, with his irons, he's gonna he's gonna be peppering flags. Um, he's first in greens and reg. His putting's shocking, but yeah, you know, saving saving shots is gonna be as important as as holding putts. Um, he, it's not something that I'm going to, I'm not going to say lump on or something, but I certainly thought 125 to one means he's going to be uh, 10, 11, 12, if you're lucky for a, for a top 10. Um, so he was quite interesting. He has made some moves recently. Um, his, his finishing positions don't really tell the tale. He, he does sort of make mid mid round moves. Does it, does a you know, puts birdies on in a row. Is it his course? Uh, but yeah, potentially not potentially he plays well in Spain. As always done at the uh, on the Challenge Tour, <laughs> yeah, you know, one twenty-five. Him and him and Laratha Bell. Are, are you asking for much? Not really. Perhaps, as I say, on the exchanges for both of those. Um, you know, I'll repeat. You know, my old my old having been taught this um, tactic on the exchanges was to, especially the pre-event ones, was to back them at the obviously highest you get, and pre-event lay double your money at a quarter of the odds. To ask Besseling or Larathabel to hit 30, 40, which I mean, they'll, they'll go out to 150 by by the time it goes off. So to them to hit 35, 38, 40, one of them is not asking that much. Um, so I'm just interested in him just purely because he's an extremely accurate player, even though he can't finish it off. Um, other than that, as I say, I, I, there's quite a few. John Smith, very high up um, to look out for. Um, you know, Alexander Bjork's another one to look out for Portugal uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, 
yeah, I think I think you know for me we've covered it. I think as we as we've said pretty much every week during this little swing, and I know it's not the UK swing anymore, but every week we look at these sort of long old players, and then there's not really any surprises at the end of it. You have Horsfield's one, you know, Dietrich's nearly one, Sullivan's one, um, you know, Paratore, okay, he might have been slightly surprising victory but he he wasn't massive odds was he i don't think you need to look too far down uh, especially on a course that you know needs a real class week you can't get around you can't have a you know one or two good rounds here you need to be solid all week you can't recover i don't think from a you know, really bad round and i think you just need someone that knows how to be patient knows how to win um and if they haven't you know they're not hitting the greens they need to make up for it by by you know getting up and down and you need someone that's high up in the stats to do that yep yep I, so, i'm quite i'm quite happy yeah i'm quite happy with with most of what we've picked and i'd be surprised if they you know they're not there yeah as you said somebody going there with confidence yeah that's tidy job done can play in the wind you know if, you, if you're slightly offline here you'll be behind a tree and, and yeah. double bogeys are going to be all over the place here yeah absolutely let's move on to the tour championship then we've obviously both had our say on it off air about how we feel about the format of the event it's, I don't think people are taking to it as, as the tour would have hoped I don't know if the tour really care or they're just going to carry on their own way um, it's hard to really find what the right solution is I thought earlier that maybe you could start everyone off as, a, as an even score as you would a normal event and then just give them bonuses based on the positions they're going in in terms of FedEx Cup points so if Dustin came 6th he still won the prize for example but there's not a perfect science to it, and this is what we've got in front of us, haven't we? So, um... I, I, it, it, it's bizarre to carry the, carry this on, um, given given the year that we've had, to be honest. But you know, money talks, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, as it stands, we'll, we'll quickly go through sort of like the format in case anybody doesn't know. But Dustin Johnson's going to start the week at ten under. John Rahm's going to start at eight under, uh, and so on down the rankings. Justin Thomas seven under. Um, it, it goes like that, and for for Pete, so you might see a price where you think, okay, Roy McIlroy's twenty five to one. That looks a massive price. Well, he's starting seven shots back at Dustin Johnson. So if Dustin Johnson plays anywhere near how he's been playing, then no one can catch him. It's not a massive advantage over four days, um, but if he just gets off to a good start on Thursday, it's uh, you know it's a waste of time really for other people to get involved. There is a market that you can bet on, which is you know without the FedEx Cup starting strokes, that may be a way to go down if you, if you like to do that because you can look at the course form and, and see who uh, who plays well here. And I know you've got a, a pick at the top of that market that that suits you. Um, it, it really depends. It, you have to believe that someone can come from behind and challenge. Uh, Paul Casey did it last year. He, he was right up there and, and had a chance to to actually almost win the event. He, he had a terrible final round, uh, over par final round, but actually had started uh, on two under par uh, and got right up into fifth place. So it can be done. Um, he shot two over on the final day, and if he'd have shot, you know, whatever, he'd have he'd been right up there. But Rory McIlroy won the uh, without FedEx Cup points, and you know he won over 72 holes as well. So he it didn't matter what market you played him in, he won. So there are certain players that can do that, but it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's probably best to just focus on who you think can actually win the week, uh, then look at whether they can actually catch up uh, and, and go from there. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, to be honest. Oh, it's a, it's a tools race, isn't it? Really, 
it's between Dustin and, and John Rahm. I, th- you know, I think Dustin Johnson deserves it. But Rahm isn't badly priced at 3-1. to one. It's a two-shot deficit. We know that Dustin... <sighs> Well, that can be done. In, it can be done in one hole, can't it? Birdie we don't know what he's. We don't know what he's going to do. Do I mean they've got a, what a three-shot break over uh, Morikawa, who's you know he's just he's not doing it again, is he? Um, particularly, uh, and that's a massive gap. And and Ram has a four-shot lead then over over some others. Um, and you look at them, and you know that as we all know every year, if they get off to a bad start or you know a bad two rounds, they're not simply not going to bother. They just they just won't try. Um, Ram showed last week, obviously after an appalling opening round, that that you know he is a you know he will try the whole way. Um, and, and just as we're talking, I've been looking through it. I, I'm not convinced that three to one is a is a bad price for for John Ram to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I'll have a think about that. But yeah, certainly if you if you take all that rubbish aside, and who's going to win the 72 holer? Um, I was I was really taken with with Xander at um, eleven to one. I know we've talked loads of times about Xander. You know, myself, you, uh, Ben. Ben's a big fan of him. Puts him up for harder courses. Um, I obviously, you know, think he's going to win the Masters still six months after he's done the preview. Um, it wasn't it wasn't particularly. He hasn't been brilliant lately, uh, but he loves it here. Um, his figures suit here perfectly. I mean, there's nothing. It's in front of you. There's there's no hidden agenda here. Um, you know, he's one year, obviously 17, uh, for his first effort. Um, it, it figures, obviously we have to, we have to realize we're only playing 30. So a top seven out of 30 is not a tip seven out of 100, 150, 160 odd players, but he's got very low rounds here. I, I actually think he's potentially playing better than, um, than his figures show. Um, and I, I think 11 to one, he looks, he looks pretty much like a knock to me to be in the frame. Um, he can't win the thing, so he hasn't got any, you know, well, I don't think he can win the thing, so he hasn't got any particular worries. He won't have any, I don't think he'll have any particular nerves if he is in contention. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, for me, 11-1 in a 30-man field, given the fact that he was priced at, correct me if I'm wrong, was he 16-14 last week? Yeah. Um, yep. You know, top four here on a course he absolutely loves. With... with as I say, so many of these I don't think are going to bother once once the the race is run. I, I'm, I, I think you know I might knock him into doubles with with all the others um, that we've said over in Europe, over in uh, Spain. Yeah, I, I, I think he stands out to me for for the seventy two holder. One one person I thought you know at the top of the market is it depends how short his memory is again because you, you can give up on this guy quite quickly, is Justin Thomas. I mean, he's, he won, what is it, four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, um, and then he's not been very good since. Uh, but he's never finished outside the top seven here. He's got a second and a third. He's starting on seven under, so he can oh, yes. win Sorry, missed him out. Oh, yeah. with with everything, can't he? So, you know, he's six to one uh, just to win based with the handicap on it, or ten to one to win over 72 holes, regardless of whether Johnson wins by two because of his start. So, um, he's, he's worth looking at. I think there's probably one player for me that I think, and I think he's too far back, is is Kevin Kisner. Uh, he's got a ninth and a third here, his last two starts. He's obviously worked out how to play it after finishing 26th, 28th, his first two starts. Um, you can bet him at 40-1 to 1 to have the lowest score. 
uh, of the week with five places, or you can back him at, you know, 200 to 1 and 175 to 1, all that sort of prices if you think he can go on and win it and contend. Now, Casey was nine shots back um, in fifth place of Rory McIlroy uh, after starting at two under. So it, it seems unlikely that he's going to be able to do that. I mean, he's got to make up nine shots on Dustin Johnson. Um, it's a lot to ask, isn't it? It's just whether you think he can finish in the top three or four. Um, I, don't, I just don't see much in it as a betting event. I think it's just worth seeing how people play. It might give you a pointer into the event starting off early next season. be interesting to see if Hideki Matsuyama, after me slating him for a couple of podcasts, can back up last week's top three. Well, he never, um, never looked, looked comfortable when he was in front, did he? He was all over the shop. This is a, again, this is the thing. I kept saying he'd finished twentieth place, and he's twenty second, twenty first, twentieth, twenty second, twenty ninth. Then he did finish third last last week. I think when you know the greens are very hard for everybody, he kind of has a bit more of a chance. But it's, I just don't see it as much of a betting event. That you just enjoy it as an event. Um, it yeah. speaks volumes about the state of the tour that. Brian Palmer at 43 years of age is the oldest in the field by seven years. Mm. So it's a, it's a young man's game now, isn't it? Um, that's the type of players that are here. There's, there's certain players that are going to shoot God knows what. I mean, Mark Leishman is absolutely all over the place at the moment. He's never yeah. finished better than 21st in the 30-man field anyway. Uh, so he's not only does he hate the course, but he's playing with a, one arm by the looks of it. Um, so there are certain players that are just going to be doing nothing i don't even know i guess they have to turn up i don't know what it is that, that makes them turn up if they don't have to but anyone that's made it this far Ching, has obviously Ching. had a yeah. good yeah it's a bit of cash it's free cash isn't it um there's certain players that you look at and you think okay mackenzie hughes has done very well to make it this far yeah, um, 13th and 10th in the last two weeks when it matters to get himself here um it, that's it and then you just see what they do for the week and you look to a couple of weeks in advance. I just don't think, you know, I mentioned that Roy McIlroy might be a reasonable price um, at 25 to 1 to win in total. But again, he's got to make up seven, seven shots on Dustin Johnson. So it's not a massive price. It's just, it's it's, it's similarly priced to what he is every I, week. He's 10 to 1 to win the actual event um, without the handicap in it. It's probably the better bet, I think. I just think, you know, there's players there that I think we we know that are, who are going to give up um, and who aren't. I mean, this is Burgers. Burgers will prefer this course to, you know, to a couple of the tougher ones that he's been he's been playing in. You know, obviously the PGA and last week, but he's performed very very well at both. Um, he like you know he, he's a much better player than than you know when he played here a couple of years ago. Obviously, he's you know completely different class now. Uh, he's not bad at 18. Fee now, this is this is the sort of tournament he's at. He'll go and win in it because nobody expects him to win. Um, there's plenty there. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Billy Horshaw, but he actually played better than that. Um, he patted much, much better than um, than those figures are last week from from what I saw. Um, again, he, he knows how to win here. Um, is the motivation to, to win the tournament enough given where they will be at the FedEx when they have to look up and their names are bouncing all over the place from eighth to second to first. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, for me, yeah, Xander Berger, I think they will play their game, whatever happens. And I think they're far enough out that there won't be too much pressure on them. Uh, and whilst the others are, you know, dilly dally, I don't think Ram particularly feels much pressure. And I don't think Dustin does anymore, to be honest. Um, so they'll just play their game. 
but of the others, with the, with the majority dropping out, those two, they, they look in a 30-man field look, look fairly safe to me to, to give their running. Yeah, and, and to add on to obviously Finau there, that you know he's starting at eight shots back, so the 60 to one about him to actually win the event with that included is not great. Um, but you know, 20 to one for him to shoot the lowest score in a 30-man field. Uh, when there is no pressure, like he can't win the tournament. Even if, you know, well, he can win the tournament, but it would be a big ask. Um, he might have the 70, lowest seventy-two hour score and not win. Uh, so it's not the same sort of pressure that he's been under mm. before. And maybe that's a, a way to play him. You kind of, you're almost backing him just to finish in the top five. Uh, you know, even just to win that market. So that's an interesting angle. Um, it, it really just depends on what you know, what way you want to go at it. If you want to try and find the winner. And with our fancy price, with the handicap included, then then so be it. But it's probably better just to see who you think can shoot the lowest over seventy-two holes and, and try and add it up all at the end when uh, it's not you know, particularly clear. If you've got if you've got four days available in front of the computer, um, and you can trade the event or trade the FedEx, um, then that's that's the way it's going to be. You're, you know, it's going to be all over the place, isn't it? Um, that's whether you know the punters and layers actually understand what's going on. Um, that's got to be the way to play it because you just want to, you just don't want to be sitting there on on something and be, because you could be out of the top five with two players doing something that's you know that's got absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah. Um, so you, you you know you could play well you could be in fourth um, and Patrick Reed who's over there and uh, whoever um, do whatever they're doing bogey birdie eagle who knows and it totally affects everything you do without you having done anything wrong. So. Um, yeah, no, I'm not having anything to do with uh, the actual the actual FedEx Cup, to be honest with you. The the thing with it is, is that Dustin Johnson can shoot six under par through two days and be sixteen under already, and I just think that yeah. takes an awful lot of people out, doesn't it? That means that someone's got to shoot two eight unders for the first two days to even be close to him. Um, yeah, we did, we did see that people can work their way up into the top five, but to really to really win it. And this is obviously, I'm guessing, why they want to do it because they want Dustin Johnson or Ryan to win the FedEx Cup, and and as we've said, they they deserve it. But um, it's not an event I want to get heavily involved in. Um, I'm looking forward to the start of a new season, start uh, you know fresh start, um, and we'll go from there. I think that's that's the way to look at it for me. Why can't they just play January to December? <laughs> There's nothing wrong. That's why we've got 12 months in a year. You know, I don't know why you need this wraparound stuff in September. It's 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 absolute nonsense, isn't it? And this year, you know, even even worse. Even what, it's more, yeah, it's going to say it's even, even worse. Than what's year, happened? You know, where you've got the Masters appearing twice in six months. It's just it's just balls up, isn't it? Really, it's not anything anybody could have done about it, but they certainly they had the time. They've got the money to be able to sort this out properly. Um, this is just a cash cow for people, to be honest with you. Um, and I think it's, it's it's an absolute waste of time. Yeah, I think that it's just it's one of those ones that's hard to get excited about, isn't it? It's just going to be it's going to be a bit of golf on TV. It's not an exhibition because it is a proper event and there is proper you know rankings. It means a lot to certain people, um, but just getting here means a lot to certain people. I mean, getting in the top thirty gets you entrance into majors next year, into you know WGCs and things like that. So that comes with its own privileges. Um, but in terms of the final ranking there's going to be someone like Cameron Smith who's just got in that might want to get himself up the rankings by 
10, 12 places just to earn a bit more cash at the end of the day, isn't it? I think the um, point, yeah, I think the point the is, it's not just there. It's not just down to them. I think that that's the problem with this event. It's things can happen four holes in front, four holes behind that have nothing to do with them. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a load of balls, mate, to be honest with you. <laughs> but we've got this, you know, we think that this is the end and then, you know, it's September the 10th, you've got Safeway open um, straight back into it. And then we've got the US Open on the 17th, which is at winged foot. I think that'd be a really good event. Yeah. Um, really looking forward to that one. Um, and then it's, it's business as usual again. And I think we as as betters and as as followers we like to have a full 156 player field don't we because we like to find a bit of value and 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 that's it there's no i don't think there's standout value in this sort of event i think you have to see who you believe can win um i certainly think that someone like a kevin kisner who's playing very well looks decent enough price at you know 40 to 1 to be the lowest score over 72 holes i certainly think there's a bit of value in that but and like you said, Billy Horshaw plays well here. Same sort of thing. He's got exactly the same form figures, first, second, seven as Xander, and he's 35 to 1. I know Xander's a much better player, um, but he's been there and done it. He's won, won this event. He's won the FedEx Cup in total, hasn't he? So um, I think the more we talk about it, the less bothered we are about it, isn't it? It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to get excited about it. Um, so I think any time more we speak about it is, is kind of wasted really I think that we'll take advantage of it being a slightly shorter uh, podcast I think it's a slightly shorter podcast I always think that and then it never is but it's not two hours like last week's though is it Ben no no that was exhausting um, I, th- I thought it felt like a short one and then and then I got to the end of it two thought, hours and oh, no Christ. confectionery unbelievable yeah. unbelievable isn't it well that, you know, we've got time to talk about some confectionery yeah. this week if you like yeah. but um, one thing I do want to talk about before we before we go anywhere is we are running that competition on the Lost Words podcast. If you if you follow our Twitter page uh, at Lost Four Pod, you can you can see a way to um, win a set of Arcos Caddy Smart Sensors. Now I've got these on my golf clubs. Um, I'm not a very good player, but it's making me realise what I need to do to be a better player. We talk every week about strokes gained data, don't we, in these players. Um, and now the common man can apply that to their own game, which I find quite fascinating. Um, even if you don't find it quite fascinating, they're £170 worth of gear. Uh, all you've got to do is, is retweet that tweet. Um, so if you go and look at our pinned post on there, that's a chance for you to uh, to get involved in that. Yeah, fantastic. Um, it, it is, isn't it? At the end of the day, like this is this is a sign of us get, you know, getting a bit more recognition. It's a sign of us getting a bit further down the line with, with the podcast. And, and we wanted to, to bring this to people that are listening. You know, we, we're asking people to listen. We're asking people to subscribe. Uh, and this is this is a reward for doing so. If you if you pay attention, you'll get the chance to win £170 worth of gear for nothing. So I, I'm really excited about that. I think more people want to get involved because there's, you know, you've got a really good chance at the moment. There's only sort of 25, 30 people involved in it at the moment. You've got a great chance of winning something for nothing. So, but yeah, I think that's that's our homework done for the week. I think we just go out. I think Valderrama would be a really good viewing event if you can uh, get to watch it over the weekend, especially. Um, obviously, don't get to see much of it on the Thursday and Friday because of work and things like that. But yeah, I think that's the better viewing event. I think the Tour Championship is going to be what it's going to be. Dustin Johnson or John Rahm will probably win it, um, just because of the start they've got and the fact that you know at the end of the day they both like the course. You know, Rahm's not been brilliant here, but he's never finished outside the top 12. And DJ's, 
you know, got three top fives and two more top tens. So he, he likes it enough to to take advantage of his uh, handicap there. So any last bits you want to add or should we just summarise our picks and move on? No, 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 no. I mean, it's just a shame. I think Valderrama has sort of unfortunately been lost. The qualities, the quality of the field is, is slightly less than we would have liked. I'm hoping that, you know, next year, obviously everything goes back to normal and travel is better and we get a better because it, it really does deserve uh, when the wind blows there. It's, it's a proper golf test. Um, but, you know, there we are. It is what it is. And, and it's been a good few weeks. So hopefully we can enjoy it. Yep. Absolutely. So let's summarise our picks. So at Valderrama, uh, we both like Jorge Campillo at 35 and 33 to 1. Um, obviously, we've made our claims for him. We don't need to repeat that again, but he's he's our both our main pick. Um, I'm sticking with Connor Syme. I don't know about you. Thinking about him, uh, definitely going with uh, Renato Paratore um, and Adrian uh, Otegi. Potential, if they, if they go over 150 for Besseling and Larathabelle, just just as trades on on the machine. Um, so yeah, that that's my lot for Valderrama. Yeah, and I think that I, you know, thinking about Wade Ormsby, just based on the fact that it's all in front of you, the forms there, he's playing well and he's played well here before. Um, but like we said earlier on, he's uh, a bit of a journeyman and and not one to get excited about at 40 years of age. The Tour Championship, you like Xander Schauffele in the in the 72 yeah, that, hole market, Zan- don't you? Yeah, Xander and Berger, I think. Um, I think personally will be very, very well suited to this test. Um, I, I think Xander suited to any test, but he definitely will be. Berger, absolutely, he's playing well on the wrong type of course. Um, he's back here. Neither of them really can win it. So, um, yeah, they're both good enough for me. And 11 and 18 to 1, first four, 30 man field. Half of them are going to give up. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the other one that I didn't mention, obviously, I mentioned Kevin Kisner, you know, being, you know, 33s, 40 to 1 for. Uh, the lowest scores uh, over 72 holes I thought was pretty uh, pretty fair considering his uh, form here. But also Webb Simpson, um, he's got three top fives at this course. He's sixth and third his last two starts, didn't play last week. Um, maybe one to look at at 14-1 to one for that. Tom, um, of course, because we've mentioned Kevin Keaston and Daniel Berger, we have to put in the, <laughs> the, the other triplet, don't we? He has to make his appearance, doesn't he? They all, all three have to make their appearance in the same tour. That's what happens. I mean, it I, is indeed. Yeah. I I just don't have a massive a massive fancy on it. It's just not one of those things for me. I'm not going to get really bullish. I know most weeks we have one or two players we're really happy about. We've pointed those out in Valderrama, and and you obviously like Xander and Berger, but I don't think it's a, an event we no we'll go we pay too no. much attention to, do we? No. So yeah, we'll we'll stop it there. Um, We'll look forward to, to next week when we're uh, starting a new season again. And then the European Tour is over in Portugal as well. So, yeah, back for more next week. Yeah, thank you very much, Tom. 